0: Jim Ford,
1: I'm Dan Kurtzke, and I'm Chad Borkelman.
0: and this is The Lantern Cast,
1: episode 132.
0: So what are we talking about tonight, Dan?
1: May Books, part one, because there was a lot of stuff for us this month. Uh, Both, I was going to say both Red Lanterns and Blue Lanterns, but both both Red Lanterns and New Guardians started their uh, two-ish month crossover with other books, uh, Stormwatch and Blue Beetle respectively, so we're going to split it down the middle because let's, frankly, if we discussed all of this in one episode, we'd be recording for five and a half hours. So tonight we're going to take a look at the number nine issues for Green Lantern, uh, Green Lantern New Guardians, and Blue Beetle. So where do we want to start?
0: I guess Green Lantern.
1: All right. Chad, I believe you're up. I am indeed, sir.
2: Um, let's see here. Have we ever had a dramatic reading of the uh, uh, compassion oath of the Indigo Lantern Oath?
3: Um,
2: I want to say maybe. I think we've done a few of these. I don't know. Jim, did you do that? I think you you were the one that would have done it if you, anyone did.
0: I, I feel like um, maybe.
1: Do it anyway. again.
3: <laughs> Do
0: it. Um, okay. <laughs> oh god. Not really in the mood for dramatic Dan- reading
1: Dance monkey.
0: Tor Lorek San Bor.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Do it in a way that doesn't suck. It's not sand, it'd be fun. <laughs>
0: Everybody's a critic tonight say mm-hmm. it like
1: you're a 70s game show host
0: Tor lorexan bore nakamur notromo fan tourneck water ter lantern cur lo abin sir tan lek lek knock for morrow sir
1: come on down like how you made half of those questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seem like how that kind of person would read it.
2: Uh, anyways, um, the whole issue starts off with uh, av- with the Sinestro chained to a table, essentially, as uh, Indigo One dips her hand in Compassion Ink and burns a symbol onto uh, Sinestro's forehead. He flashes back to uh, Avin introducing him and his sister for the first time. They look at each other, walk off, and sleep together as (laughs) their very first action. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, then we, uh, I'm assuming flash forward to a few seconds later. (laughs) Uh, No, um... Later on in their relationship, I suppose, uh, Sinestro is trying to bring order to Korugar and tells her uh, his will is the only way and this is how it needs to be done. Uh, and we cut to uh, Sinestro trying to uh, restore order to Korugar as a child walks up to him and says his name. He turns to look and it's a suicide bomber child um, blows up everything, which uh, ends up killing Iron Sir, uh, Sur's uh, sister, uh, cut right back to the present. Sinestro is now an Indigo Lantern and goes up against Hal, and uh, tells him he feels sorry for Hal, and that's House triggered to know. Yep, Sinestro is not in his right mind. Um, they fight. Hal runs, which is kind of out of character, but whatever. Hal runs and goes to off to find the uh, Indigo Central Power Battery. Um, and then we cut to, to, uh, the planet that they don't really do a good job of labeling these things <laughs> in this book. Um, the planet where, what's his name? Starstorm or w- whatever Dan calls him, Starscream. Um, <laughs> the
1: triumphant <laughs> return of Starscream. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, uh, they're, uh, in this guy's library, uh, interrogating him and, um, They're uh, trying to figure out where Sinestro took the Book of the Black. This guy doesn't know, so they incinerate him uh, and fly off, saying we must find Sinestro. Cut back to uh, Hal doing his thing through the jungles on this uh, Indigo Tribe planet, where he finds uh, the explanation as to why Dan had to be an Indigo Lantern way, way back in the day because we run across Dan's great-great-grandfather, who looks a lot like him, only older. Um, don't ask me why, Dan. I just figured, some, for some reason, I think that guy looks kind of like you. Really? <laughs> like an old, old version of you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this guy, who apparently speaks English, really old, uh, small, almost kind of guardian-sized, I would say, uh, Indigo Lantern, Tells how he's ugly and then follows it up by saying he's stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he calls himself Nat Romo, uh, which you would notice from that dramatic reading we had earlier. Um, and then he reveals the history of the Indigo tribe, sort of. You know, not completely, but a good, good-sized good chunk of it. Turns out this planet is called Nock, um, and some explorers came centuries ago. Uh, basically destroyed everyone uh, on that planet, except for Romo, which is one of the last of his species. And then Avan came, fought off these guys. Um, and one of their things was to go into uh, a cavern in the planet, uh, and there's a spring down there from an unknown, quote, unknown source deep within the world of Nock. Uh, which they, from which they forged weapons when they cut their enemies there you notice that their enemies became overcome with remorse. Afterwards, they decided to forge a ring. Uh, and then eventually Avinsur came back with Iroke, um which is uh, Indigo one, uh, who happened to uh, was one of the things she did was kill Avinsur's daughter. Uh, which is news to us, uh, or to Hal at least, I didn't know he had a daughter, uh, he says. Uh, uh, Indigo 1, obviously being Indigo 1, was the first one to wear a ring, and Abin set off finding others, and, um, which Hal now understands that the Indigo Tribe is actually quote-unquote bad guys. Um, sorry, there's a lot of re- revelations in this book um then uh abin sir uh the uh Romo reveals that the indigo tribe is essentially the backup army for abin sir, um the and not necessarily for redeeming his enemies um then it's revealed that abin sir saw the future the blackest night we know um and then Nat Roma reveals, if the Blackest Night is over, the end of the core approaches. um, And then reveals that uh, this evil from within the core is the Guardians of the Universe. Uh, From this point, uh, uh, Hal reveals to Nat Roma that Avancer is actually dead. Uh, And then uh, Nat Roma loses all hope and destroys and shuts off the central power battery of the Indigo Tribe. Um, with tears in his eyes, because he believes that Avan is the only chance to stop the Guardians. Uh, shutting off the central power battery sh- uh, shuts off Sinestro as Sinestro begins to attack Hal. But unfortunately, it also shuts off the rings of all the other Indigo tribes that are uh, members that are right behind Sinestro, including Erok uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Monk, who looks really pissed off. So, oh, and a bat with a muzzle. So there's uh, there's that muzzle bat. Mhm. I'd like to um, mention here that the uh, uh, when Nat Romo says the end of the core approaches, the corpse or whatever all the various cores approaches, I leapt for joy because I saw it happening. Yes, and uh, now my methods as to why I predicted the various cores would start to just dissolve and fall apart—probably wrong. Most cases were wrong, but I they I noticed that they were falling apart.
3: <laughs> yes,
2: I got something right in my own mind.
0: <laughs> now, okay. Um, the thing that that I picked up on this is that. You have this guy, not 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 Nat, Natromo. I'm gonna call him Natromo. Um, Natromo. Why? Why would he be Natromo? There's no dash in between. It's Natromo.
1: That's an alien spelling. Anyway, Listen, so it's my name from the future. I know how it's pronounced. So <laughs> now, okay, <laughs>
0: Natromo is the guardian of the Indigo Light, right? Basically. Now, the two things that I'm thinking about as possibilities. One, uh, I don't think it's very likely, but in that one panel where he and Abin are creating the ring, Mm
1: -hmm. they
0: draw him to look a lot like Lobo.
1: Wait. Go there.
0: He's got a little more hair. It's like dark hair, he's got the inset, dark eyes, white skin.
1: Oh, oh, you're completely reaching.
0: Well, like I said, that's unlikely, but they did make a point of drawing him like that back then.
1: Um, Lobo's the last of his kind.
0: Right. He's the last of his kind now. What? (laughs) Lobo is the last of his kind, right? Yeah. Well... Maybe he just didn't know about this little guy. Because this guy is basically one of the last of his kind as well.
1: And he also mentions, yeah, there's a whole tribe of him on this planet right now.
0: And everybody else was massacred. And most of the other people got kicked off to, you know, parts unknown. It was only until Abin came. So, for all we know, Lobo could be like an offshoot of this species that got kicked off this planet went to another planet, whatever. It's, like I said, that's unlikely. Yep. What would be more likely is that (laughs) they are offshoots of the Guardians. Why? Why? Because they have, this guy has the ability to, like, basically make rings with Abin Sur and control the Indigo Light.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought that was... The whole, like... Like, he knew how to use the Indigo light because he lived there with it. And the whole ring thing came from Abin's guidance.
0: I mean, that could be it. Or it could be that when the Guardians separated... You know, like, we already know that they separated into controllers. And then... (laughs) guardians and Zamorons, and we also know that there were um, was it scions and uh, I think there might have been one other race that came from that planet um, but I mean yeah. like it's 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 entirely conceivable that way back in the beginning I mean like as it was there were other guardians that branched off and became leprechauns I mean, yeah. the Guardians branch so many freaking times. <laughs> it's it's not inconceivable that this guy is an offshoot of them.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Plus, he's guardian sized. He's bald, and it, it's it's kind of subtle. But if you notice, as he's walking Hal towards the central power battery, underneath underneath the Green Lantern power battery uh, in War of the Green Lanterns, we saw like a storeroom full of weapons old ancient weapons of the Guardians. As we walk towards the Indigo Lantern central battery, we see a storeroom with ancient weapons. Hmm.
1: So,
2: I mean, I'm just saying there's a few different comparisons here.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't buy it. I mean, they gave us a perfectly good backstory for this guy as hey, he's just this random dude who lived on this planet. Here's, this is, This just happens to be here. That's why they're using it. Boom. Okay. What I'm more interested in is that I'm fairly sure they're going to have Eroke be Abin's daughter. You think? I, I do, yes. Because all. This whole. Everything he's. Everything. What's his face? says to Hal and this issue about it is like completely like secondhand information. It's just what Avin said to him. Uh what, what do you even say? Uh <clears throat> they made the first rating in time Avan returned with a with a rogue. Avin called her his long his longtime enemy. She murdered his daughter I like I think this I think it's one of those like like I have no son kind of things, where it's uh, I, it, it's it's stressed. The daughter, like, we have we ever heard about the daughter thing before now? Like him having one?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think they made a point of just the fact that he had the son. I'm on.
1: Okay, because yeah. Because, I mean, like, this... Like, if they, they're they giving us th- that information now. They're introducing this woman, this, this woman who's younger than him, who, you know... He makes a ring that can re- rehabilitate people and change them, hopefully for the better. The first person he goes out and gets is her. And then they spend hours after that just embracing and crying like like i think that i i don't think he told uh what the hell is this guy's name nostromo that Na- yeah natromo yeah i don't think he told naruto everything
0: well the other possibility is that he adopted the daughter or the girl um
2: from tigers
0: yeah from tigers Um, so, and then, then from that point, it could even be that, um, like that girl grew up and, I don't know, held him responsible or something, um, and ended up murdering his like actual daughter or something like that. But Hmm. I, I I think you might be onto something there.
2: I think she is. I, I, I think she is the girl from Tigers. Eroke.
0: Yeah, I think so too. <laughs>
1: um. So we finally found out what knock means. We knew Black. that before. Did we? Mhm. Not really. Yeah,
2: we did. It was it was translated in the back of an issue in one of the uh, uh, Black Hand uh, journal pages. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, we've known for a while. Oh, there, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I just remember reading this going, oh, it means compassion be with you. That's kind of really general and easy. That kind of sucks. I <laughs> yeah. remember in the
2: back issues of, uh, what was it, Lantern or Blackest Night? One of the two. When they were coming out in single issues, there was like a page ripped out of Black Hand. And after the end of Blackest Night, when he got converted to the Indigo tribe, one of those pages was all in Lantern, or or Indigo Lantern, uh, whatever, like... uh, Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was was in there that they gave us a translation of, like, a couple of words here and there. Hmm. And Nock was the one they told us that was,
1: compassion be with you. And it's apparently also the name of the Indigo homeworld.
2: Notice, too, that there's nothing in here that has anything to do with
1: Mother Mercy. Oh Well, not necessarily. Oh, no, because... no, don't back him up. Now, listen, because <laughs> where did they say the light comes from? They really didn't. They just said that, yeah, it comes from, you know, somewhere below the surface of the planet. We don't really know where it comes from, but it's, it's something down there that makes it.
0: At this point... Like, I feel like the Mother Mercy thing was probably something that they were kicking around as an idea um, and maybe just completely forgot about and just decided to go in a completely different direction.
1: Maybe they listened to our show and said, you know, I hate that guy. Let's not do it.
0: Possibly. <laughs> that's, that's a possibility.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that would have been so much more interesting. Hmm. Um although I mean I guess judging by this you would have to have had the planet be established you know as a compassion planet for longer than the mother mercy you know would have figured out that she wanted to do her own thing. Oh um, yeah so unless here we go unless mother mercy has been drawn to this planet And now that this guy is shutting down the power battery, Mother Mercy takes it upon herself to, like, reform it or something like that on her planet. Hmm. That'd be cool.
1: Gotta be it. Gotta be it. Mm.
0: You have a planet called Mother Mercy. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Uh,
1: So what do you think about the actual plan of, uh, you know, developing the Indigo Rings to put on the Guardians to change them because they're too powerful to be defeated. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it's, yeah, It's a pretty stupid plan. You think, you think Avan and his buddies would have a difficult time putting rings on the Guardians' fingers against their will?
0: Well, not even that. It's just that the rings, you know, they're clearly based on Guardian technology. You know, he he had to have used his own ring as a template. Yeah. So you're going to take this ring and you're going to force it onto their hands, you know, and they're not going to know how to, you know, over, overcome <coughs> it in like three seconds.
1: Maybe not if it, uh, not if programming takes effect. I guess. I mean, the whole, I mean, the whole point, like the whole idea is, okay, they'll put it on, and it would have the same effect on them as it would on anybody else.
0: <laughs> the funny thing about this comic is that this, this little guy is like, what? Avin Sir is dead? Okay, time to die. And so it's turning the lantern <laughs> off. It's like, why would you do that?
1: He doesn't even, that's exactly what Hal says, too. And he doesn't even just turn it off. He blows it up. Like, look at it. Like, on the page, on the next page. It's like, it, it looks like you should be making that sound effect from when you lose in a Mega Man game. It's just, like, turning into circles and spreading out into the ether. It's, like, gone. Yeah. Which, which that was a really big surprise for me. Like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I turned the page, and it's like, oh, he's he's. Turning off the battery. No, he's destroying it. It's gone. The Indigo Tribe is gone now. What the hell? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like, hey, you know, so. the, you know that Indigo power battery that we just started showing you in this issue. Say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Looks like we yep.
2: were right too. Avenger was had a lot to do with the creation of the Indigo Tribe. Yeah. And he he didn't trust the Guardians. And now we know why he didn't trust him, because of what he saw. That's pretty cool, though. He saw... He was the, it was the Blackest Night thing, but he saw beyond it. And it's even more evident by the fact that, look how many guardians are carved into that wall. Yeah. When Abin Sir died, there weren't just that <laughs> many guardians.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they weren't wearing both, like that version of their, uh, their robes, either.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. No, I mean, I'm... Like I like having all these different cores, but I'm glad this happened to the Indigo Tribe, because it was completely unexpected, and and that's why like I don't want to get like business as usual. I like it when stuff happens like this. So this is a this was a very nice twist in here.
0: Now, I mean, <laughs> the question is, what's you know what's going to happen now? Because you know that they have to, you know, somehow retain Monk. And I mean, like, if you look at, was it uh, the next issue? Like, the solicits for the next issue? Have you seen the
1: cover? <coughs> I, I have. I don't remember it.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's basically like, you know, <laughs> it gives us the impression that we may not have seen the last of the Indigo the Indigo Core.
1: Oh, is it the one with uh, Snestro in chains on the front?
0: Yeah, and then everybody else in the Indigo costume, <coughs> still in the Indigo costumes.
1: Yeah, but you know, um,
2: yeah, but and then we, but we also have the Revenge
1: of the Black Hand thing. <coughs> well,
0: yeah, he Some probably man. escapes
1: real soon, so it could just be a cool looking <laughs> cover image. Yes. Also, something I'm going to uh, bring up now, as opposed to later, uh, the solicits for uh, August. Yeah, August for all like the zero issues. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to bring this up for a completely different reason, but this actually feeds in Uh, the uh, New Guardians issue zero Mm -hmm. is going to, as far as I can tell, this isn't in the past, but um, the the copy reads A new team forms as Atrocitus, Larf Lee, Star Sapphire, Carol Ferris, Saint Walker, Arkillo, and Kyle Rayner prepare for war against the Guardians of the Universe. There is no Indigo Lantern in there, nor is there one on the cover. Huh. And actually, <clears throat> while we're on the topic, the reason I was going to bring this up, I'm sending you guys the cover. They gave Carol a new costume. Huh. And, she, and it's a really weird pose, so you don't get to see all of it, but she seems to be not wearing a bikini anymore. So I am very... She,
2: she also seems to be sporting F. <laughs>
1: yeah. Double. good lord <laughs> yeah well this is a pretty bad cause. look at Kyle That's, he looks, like, this he looks look like it really hurts his back <laughs> yeah it's a really <clears throat> it's, it's there's a right way and a wrong way to do the everybody flying up at you or flying down at you and this is not the right way <clears throat> but my point is just they finally ditched that god awful retardedly bad star sapphire costume <sighs> <clears throat> um, kind of odd
0: to change it now.
1: I, you know what? I don't care. They changed it. That's all I care about.
2: <laughs> I had a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first got the origin of the uh, Indigo Tribe, uh, that first, though well, that second panel where surf flies in and starts shooting these ships, mm-hmm. is it just? because he's so far away that you don't see it, or there is no symbol on his chest. It's almost like it's the blank circle that hmm. a recruit is before he earns the symbol. Hmm. I took it as a distance thing. Okay. But I mean, that's the, what I was saying. It could be either one. I'm just... Yeah.
0: Yeah, I... I figured they just didn't fill in the details on that one. Because, I mean well, who knows what what they're going with. Back then, you know, I, I don't think that you had to wait before getting your Green Lantern symbol. Hmm.
1: Or who knows, that could be there since the beginning now. We don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's see, what else is in here? What else is in here? Do you like a like, Hal's various use of uh, land and air vehicles? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: What about the uh, fact that Sinestro
2: gets women real quickly? (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah, quickly.
1: Come on. Uh, That entire flashback was abridged. Come
2: on. I know, but they didn't really do a good job of, like, saying so. I mean, sometimes they, they'll put something like sometime later. I mean, just those first like one, two, three, four, five panels just seem to follow sequential order. Like this, this stuff happened
1: within, you know, an hour. <laughs> yeah. But then like the sixth panel is clearly a long time after that. Yeah. But then like the panels at the bottom of the page are immediately after, are like the same minute. And then it cuts to, like, maybe a half an hour later. Like, it's, I mean, it's showing us his memories of it. And that's actually something else I like about the page. It's, it's showing his memories while he, this process is happening. And the backdrop behind all of the panels is this, like, this indigo fog. So, I like it. It was kind of, it was disjointed. It was a summary of, of a one of the worst things that happened in his life. Like, that is... That, that sequence where he's holding her dead and then, like, the the roof caves in and all these dead bodies just fall around them. It was intense.
2: Did did we know that Korrigar was at Civil War before Kor, uh, Sinestro intervened?
0: think that they've given that Mm -hmm. explanation in the past now I I think this is the first time we found out about the Civil War Yeah, and I mean not for Hmm. nothing but like you know here he is talking about setting his own order to put things right and in the midst of his Civil War you know the love of his life is murdered then it kind of you know just reinforces why he would Be you know as you know uh, as bad of a dictator as he became, you know because he never (laughs) wanted that to happen again to anybody else.
1: Well, plus he had to go all in after this point because (laughs) if he didn't, if he didn't force it to work, then then her death would have been for nothing. (laughs) Hmm. Um.
0: Oh, so uh so uh, Starscream returned.
1: Yeah, yeah, the character that Jim was absolutely sure we would never see again.
0: Yep, you were right. We saw him again, one last yep. time.
1: I don't know why he's in a library though. <laughs> <laughs> Guess because they were looking for a book. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, oh well, that's it. He'll be back. That's it. No more him.
1: He'll be back.
0: They turned his his body and bone into, like, dust.
1: Listen, you were wrong on this before. You will be wrong again. I, I've seen the future.
0: I'm pretty confident that uh, this time, this is the last we're seeing him.
1: Uh, he will be back. Oh, God, I hope not. Blackest Night Part 2. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, I'm looking forward to Green Lantern number 10. Where Hal and Sinestro have to use those indigo-dipped weapons to fight off this army of horrifically <laughs> sadistic killers. Because come on, that's like that's like the whole like oh I'm, that's like the whole thing like in a movie like you introduce a gun that somebody puts in their pocket, they're going to shoot it eventually. Like you don't give them. A wall of weapons with magic indigo powers, and then just forget about it.
2: Why did. Is this the first we're hearing that the Guardians are now looking for Sinestra?
0: Um, I don't
2: think we've read it in the previous issues of Green Lantern.
0: Uh, I think they implied it.
1: Because they were. Uh, yeah, they went to, um. to Lisa Drax when she was locked up because they wanted the book. And I think that's when they realize Sinestro must have it.
2: Hmm. So they don't know about Hal?
1: Nope. They sh- he should still be off their radar.
0: Could you imagine if after all this time maybe some of these Indigo Lanterns actually want to stay Indigo Lanterns?
1: <laughs> They'd be like... Me- Make a ring again! Give it to me! I'll kill all your enemies! Just do it!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll compassion the hell out of them.
1: I will hug them to (coughs) (laughs) death.
0: That's called Strangle, Dan.
1: Is he
2: blasting the uh, indigo battery with his
1: stick, or is he absorbing it? I thought he was just shooting it.
0: He's, He's booming it.
1: <laughs> this is his boomstick
0: yeah I don't
1: know I guess he could be absorbing it but
2: because all of a sudden he has an aura around him where he didn't before
1: he does oh yeah, yeah he when
2: does. you yeah when you see the tear <laughs> in his eye
0: yeah ah. maybe, maybe he's becoming like a pure indigo guardian. <laughs> Indigo Ion.
1: <clears throat> Indigo Ion, got it. Ion to go. Awesome. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: next. Hey, can I? Hey, can I go on a little rant about this cover first? Oh God. Because I don't know what intern shit this out, but like you, you know. All, it, on the surface, it's it's a good idea. It's a whole, like, like you know, drowning in the madness of Black Hand. And it has, like, the two of them, as Hal and Sinestro, quite literally, like, they're struggling to stay above the surface of this, like, this red, black, bloody liquid that also is made of skulls in the background, and it's Black Hand's face really big, and it's all, it's, it, it's crooked, because he's crooked kind of thing, and it has, like, that cool transition of, like, The the one side of him is, like, black with black energy crackling in his eyes, and the other side is indigo with the indigo light. Except they crop it so that it's like they just took a pair of scissors, closed their eyes, and just cut the image off at some point. Like, there's absolutely no chance whatsoever this was designed to be laid out this way, or they just would have moved his head slightly over and had his one eye be the central focus of the image, and not had even a little bit of the other side, and they would have probably abandoned the whole, like, color shift. <laughs> and, and on top of it, absolutely nothing about this cover is related even remotely to the contents of this issue.
3: Yeah.
1: So, <clears throat> you know, this. Variant was. Yeah, okay, great for the variant. Yep. And you know, what? I can, I can forgive, like, cause, cause comic covers do the whole bait and switch crap. <sighs> Constantly, so I'm not even complaining about that. It's just that, if, just the the cover on, at the cover as a cover, as an image, is a blatant, just retardedly f- bad failure because of something as simple as, <clears throat> as somebody who's not the artist cropping it in Photoshop incorrectly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> pretty asinine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, unless it was designed like that.
1: Absolutely not. Even
0: the sketch cover and the combo pack, same exact thing.
1: Alright, so which is next now? Is it Blue Beetle or is it New Guardians? Uh, Blue Beetle. Yeah, Blue Beetle. <clears throat> Alright, that's me, right? Why not? Alright, Blue Beetle number nine. Is, it's time for the Tony Bedard Power Hour, everybody. This is written by Tony Bedard, art by uh, Marco Takara. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, as you recall, New Guardians last time around had uh, you know everybody kind of go their separate ways to recharge, and Bleez and Glomulus went with Kyle to Earth just to just in case the Guardians sent somebody to ambush Kyle or whatever. And what they found (coughs) was Jaime Reyes, a.k.a. Blue Beetle, apparently hovering above Kyle's apartment because his scarab sends the Green Lantern battery in there. And the Green Lantern Corps is the enemy of the Reach, which is the evil aliens that make the Blue Beetle armor. So, you know, it's all that great stuff. So the Three Lanterns show up, the beetle armor reacts violently. I think it even says, you know, threat level maximum, enable every countermeasure. <clears throat> so it starts going crazy and attacking them. And uh, You have the obligatory, you know, superhero fight scene while Kyle's ring is dipping down to 2%. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, there's this weird, oddly designed bounty hunter who I guess has an apartment across the street from Kyle <laughs> and he just he snipes Kyle and Glomulus with this <clears throat> this super mega death gun that just completely drains Kyle's ring like it's it's down to zero now. He falls right out of the sky and it also annihilates Glomulus, I guess, which is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, while this is going on, uh, Jaime's parents are talking to the police, because they don't know where he is, because he apparently ran off from home after he got his powers. Uh, but, you know, they don't have to worry, because Jaime is in New York City with Bleez, who is making him feel funny in his pants. And... Um, uh, okay, this, uh, this... I don't think this family cut under under uh, I don't think this bounty hunter ever actually names himself, but he looks kind of like Deathstroke Like, it looks kind of like New 52 Deathstroke if his head was Krang from the Ninja Turtles and he has Cable's guns. So that's that's who they're fighting now. Um, <coughs> we got a side story where Jaime's friend Brenda is becoming a criminal czar. <coughs> She's like 12. Uh cut back to the to the battle. It's this kind of standoff where Blaze is ready to just punch somebody in the face. Kyle is being choked out. The guy has a big gun still. Jaime runs off. He he trashes Kyle's apartment to find the battery. <clears throat> Brings the battery back to Kyle who gets a recharge while Blaze is distracting Crangface and you know, Kyle really quickly defuses the whole situation once he's at 100%. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, he, he drops off the bad guy with the DEO, which I believe is about to spark events in the next issue of Blue Beetle. <clears throat> um, meanwhile, you know, they all, the three, the, the two lanterns and Beetle comp- being in Kyle's apartment. Um, and, They try and, you know, Jaime takes this opportunity to try and, you know, get help. Because, you know, he is, he's a random person that got this alien technology just kind of fall out of the sky and attach itself to him. And he has no idea how to handle it or control it. And, you know, who better to teach him how to do that than a Green Lantern? Because that's exactly what happened to Kyle, basically, except... Except his alien technology was a lot less aggressive. Um, (laughs) There's this funny scene where he's about to reveal his identity to Kyle, and Kyle's just like, "What the hell are you doing? Don't tell me your name. I don't want to know. I'm not gonna tell you mine." (laughs) Um, He gets his ring to to identify the beetle armor as as a Reach infiltrator, which you know, and then we get a little exposition about what the Reach is what the Blue Beetles are for, and that's when the ring updates him, saying, oh yeah, by the way, the Reach, yeah, they're decimating Odom. And everybody's like, holy shit, bye! And, you know, he promises Jaime, you know, "You're, we'll be back eventually, we'll talk again, I'll guest star in your book again, it'll be great, sales will help. And... <clears throat> He, uh, Kyle and Bleece take off for space, leaving Jaime just kind of... kind of, what the fuck? That didn't help anything. Or, though now I know it's even worse than I thought it was. And that's the issue. The issue of the Blue Beetle Battle Bomber. Whoa!
2: Blue Beetle <laughs> Battle Boner. Yay!
1: <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of self-defensive measures. Yeah. And he tries to, like, be like, no, it's not, I'm not, no, it's just the armor. It morphs sometimes, and um, <laughs> that's what it is. God. So what do you guys think? <laughs>
0: uh, not bad.
1: Just not bad. I feel like you have been singing the praises of this Blue Beetle series for months. Wait, what? You've been, like, every every time the subject of, like, Bedard's Blue Beetle comes up, I don't even know if you've been reading it, but you've been, like, talking about it, like, in a definite, positive slant.
0: I haven't been reading it. Alright. I, I picked up a couple of... Uh, I picked up the first issue, and... It didn't really hook me from that, just because I don't really care about green, uh, Blue Beetle that much. Um, the only thing that I did think was, you know, somewhat interesting is, uh, you know, the concept of the Reach.
1: <clears throat> hey Chad.
2: Uh, I liked it. I thought the art was a little wonky, especially whenever you get to the scenes where something is happening that's a little far off, like it's supposed to be in the distance. I think the art suffered at at that point. Uh up close though it was alright. <laughs> and the story itself, uh it was okay. Nothing nothing uh I could say about it that was definitively bad. Um I I think it was uh, I, I guess if you'd been reading the, the Blue Beetle series, maybe the fact that Jaime, you know, got aroused at Bleas being on top of him like that made sense. So, I mean, maybe Tony's writing it like that, knowing that Jaime is a
1: teenager and everything. Um, but, I mean, it was it was cool.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, that whole thing could just be, like, making fun of Bleas' costume design, too. <clears throat>
0: um... What you going? No, I it? Okay. Oh, um, I tell you the one the one thing that I thought was weird was that like he he has a gun that's apparently created by the guardians to take out Kyle uh, and absorb his energy. Um, so if he has a gun that can absorb lantern energy, then why wouldn't he just shoot that directly at um Glomulus instead of, you know, shooting out the green energy that he has. You know, where that, like, that doesn't seem like it would make, you know, sense at all as a as an attack at Glomulus. But the other way, you know, it seems like it would have completely worked. You know what I'm saying?
2: So, is Glomulus in the gun now, or what?
0: No, he just, he was <laughs> shot by this green energy, and that somehow forced him out of existence. It doesn't really make any sense.
1: Like I didn't, I didn't take it as like that the gun was sucking the energy into itself.
0: Well, no, I took it. It, it wasn't. It definitely was not <clears throat> doing that to Glomulus but it was doing it earlier in the book with Kyle.
1: I don't think that's what it did. It
0: definitely did. It says why it shot Kyle and then says yeah. power uh, uh, anomaly power drain yeah so the gun like in the beginning you know when this guy Oh no, yeah talking, I
1: know, I know exactly what you mean I'm 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 saying like yeah it drained the energy out of Kyle I just don't think the energy went into the gun
0: It definitely did because that's what ah. he shot that's what he shot uh, Glomulus with.
1: All right, well then, what did he shoot Kyle with? Because he shot a bolt of green energy that hit Kyle. Like I took it as this. This is a gun. Like it shoots green because the Guardians made it. Like the he shoot. He has a gun that shoots a bolt of energy that, if it hits someone with a power ring, it's going then they're charge will discharge itself and just be gone. Oh. So, so like, if you shoot Glomulus, who is a construct with it, then he's just going to, like, basically be destroyed.
0: Okay, okay. I see. Okay, that makes a lot more sense.
1: I kind of like the effect of it, too, with, like, it's like these, like, black streamers just kind of swirling around you. Or green, whatever, depending on the lighting or whatever. What do you think of this bounty hunter guy? Generic. Did, they didn't name him, did they? Nah, I don't think they did.
0: I don't think so. Ah, uh, whatever. Uh, his face is definitely more like uh, Cthulhu as opposed to Krang.
1: Oh well, that's, that's better. <laughs> um... You know, I I kind of I like this issue. I it was it reminded me of the day, the the days where Kyle would actually spend time on Earth in New York City, doing exactly this kind of thing. It was like a nice, fun, no stakes battle, and you know, I thought and I thought it was actually kind of like a slight step up from that because. Any other <laughs> in any other circumstance, they would have just been like, "Well, that was our superhuman battle, bye, Blue Beetle." That was well, was weird, but in this in this one, they actually like there's they were like I believe like Kyle would have stuck around and helped him for a while, whereas like the reason that he left came about organically and it made sense that he would bolt all of a sudden, so it gave the effect of like the one-shot crossover, superheroes misunderstanding and then fighting and then working together and then going their separate ways again, but they didn't make it feel, like, trite or any crap like that. (laughs) And, like, all of the information that came out of Kyle's ring is stuff that Jaime had no idea about. So, at least in terms of the Blue Beetle series, this encounter is going to matter going forward.
0: Well, it's also at least going to matter into the next New Guardians issue because there's not going to be any glomulus around.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Which, you know, maybe that's why we get larfleas in number zero. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I, overall, like, this... <clears throat> Like I also I read like two issues of Blue Beetle before this. Like not B2. I think I read like numbers 1 and 2 or something. And <laughs>
0: just random issues.
1: Yeah, 7 yeah.
0: and 1. I didn't read them in order. yeah
1: <laughs> I read them I read random pages interchangeably.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Flip back and but, forth.
1: Like this this is a book I really wish I loved because I absolutely loved the last Blue Beetle series mm-hmm. that DC did and I get like my, like this issue was more fun than those other two but it still feels like it's just kind of a watered down version of the last series. You know, I mean, <clears throat> it's not directly rehashing specific stories anymore like the first couple issues did, mm-hmm. except if you count the fact that Jaime learned stuff about himself with a battle th- through a battle with Guy Gardner at one point back then. But um I don't know, like like the art is like not is like not quite Raphael Albuquerque, who was the main series artist last time around, and the writing is not quite um, Keith Giffen and the other guy whose name I forget <laughs> who was really good too. And like even even the little like vignettes of like the storylines with his family and with his friends and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's kind of like an echo of of what this used to be, kind of thing. So, I mean, I mean, it's a good enough. Like, this is a good issue. I enjoy this issue. I had fun with it, but I'm I can't see myself going forward with the Blue Beetle series. Well,
2: on the upside, we learn that. Uh... The uh, Alex, the the Alex being stuffed in a fridge thing, that has not been retconned
1: out of existence. Oh yes, that was actually really nice too. Like the way they handled that.
3: Hmm.
0: Um, you know, going through this, like I thought the art was for the most part decent, at least, you know, pretty good. Um, The one thing that I thought was, like, stupid is that, like, how many times have we seen a Green Lantern power battery? And more importantly, how many times have we seen Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern power battery? Yeah. And this artist takes it upon themselves to draw something completely brand new that looks like nothing. You know, it basically looks like something that you would take around for trick-or-treating.
1: I think they made that, actually, for, like when the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you might be right.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, to be perfectly honest, I like the generic Green Lantern battery design better than I like Kyle's battery design. Me too, but so... this isn't it. <clears throat> oh, yeah, no, and like, like this, there's a weird symbol just in the mouth of it for some reason. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: <clears throat> but that that's Please. one of my pet peeves. Yeah.
1: Hey, so what do you think of What do you think of Kyle's apartment, huh? Is it awesome? This. There's mirrors everywhere. <laughs> I'm sure those are supposed to be pictures or something. but you know.
0: <laughs>
1: Kyle's just a vain son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: Maybe maybe he's uh, she shares the apartment with uh, Mirror Master.
1: Of course. I hope he cleans his stool though, because I feel like he'll get space herpes from Belize. <laughs> <coughs> uh, okay. Speaking of space herpes, Green Lantern: New Guardians.
0: Okay. Um, we got uh, Green Lantern: New Guardians. Uh. Were you guys giving the writers and blah-blah-blahs, artists?
1: I did. Okay. Jeff
2: Johns and Doug Monkey. Okay.
0: There you go. Uh, Tony Bedard, Tyler Kirkham, and uh, the Inking Bat. <laughs> um, this uh, takes place, I think, pretty much entirely on uh, Odom. Um, we opened to find that, apparently, somehow... <laughs> the blue lanterns have been recruiting so that now there's, uh. There's still not a lot of them, but there's. No, what is that 3, 6, 9,
1: 12? I think there's like 12.
0: 13. I think I see like 13, 14. Yeah, we'll go with 13. Um. that's uh, 14. Um, yeah, so, you know, you got a few different lanterns, um, and a lot of the new ones are like, you know, they're excited to see St. Walker, um, because apparently he's got, like, a reputation amongst, you know, even the older of the Blue Lanterns. Um, you know, but, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I got some bad news, you know, Gant and Sade, they're basically screwed, so <laughs> we're on our own to, to extend the, you know, the Blue Lantern cause. Uh, and at that, at that moment, um, Odum, which is apparently a cloaked planet um, that nobody should be able to find, has been found by the Reach. Uh, I don't know how that works, but the Reach has found them. They took, like, five squadrons or something to uh, take over the planet, and then they just start pouring out blue beetles out at the planet to uh, attack, to, uh, to take over. Uh, the, the Blue Lanterns are fighting back. A lot of the you know, new recruits, anyway, they don't really you know, know what they you know, can do to fight back because they don't have the offensive capabilities from the, um, from the Green Lanterns you know, when the Green Lanterns are nearby. Um, then we, uh, we click over, we see uh, Fatality. She's investigating the white hole that... Uh, uh, What's-his-face came through? Um, Invictus. Invictus, yes. Uh, and, uh, she's scanning the, you know, the energy and everything like that, and they basically tell her that, yeah, you know, it's like we basically said an issue or two ago, (laughs) they, uh, Invictus couldn't do this by himself on the other side, he had to have help, and it has to be somebody that would want fleas wiped out. So, Fatality is like, you know, well, I'm, I'm, you know, connecting the dots, between the Sinestro Corps, you know, Lantern, you know, now the Orange Lanterns' worst enemy is returned. The Green Lanterns were nearly destroyed. The Red Lantern power battery has just been destroyed. You know, things are not doing so well. There's probably you know something behind it. Um, and then she finds out about uh, you know Odom being under attack, so she takes off for that to go back up her friends. Um, Saint Walker tells the, uh, the newest recruit, Sean, to, uh, to sneak off the planet and go find a green lantern so that they can, you know, do a better job of, uh, taking care of themselves. (laughs) Sean. He, uh, he flies under the cover of the, uh, you know, the trees to, to get away. Meanwhile, St. Walker uses his blue healing powers to try and heal one of these, uh, blue, blue beetles. Um, who are, you know, they've been, like, taken captive by the Scarabs. They don't want to keep murdering, but they have to because of the Scarabs. And uh, he almost saves this one guy, but uh, they, they break off contact before he can finish. Now, Sean, uh, you know, before that, um, Greenlander, uh, he's already on his way, you know, to Odom after finding out about it in the Blue Beetle issue and he's uh you know with a little bit of uh willpower and love fear rage and compassion he's able to contact the other cores and uh he's basically like guys everybody meet up on odom um and for some reason they all listen to him uh the weaponer is the only one you know he's uh, in tow with kilowag and He's the only one that basically raises any question as far as like oh so I guess he's your master now And so uh, now everybody's on their way to, uh, to Odom to help out. The Blue Lanterns have like they've joined uh, a, in a, a circle around the Blue Lantern power battery to save that at least with their their blue Lantern aura. Sean is about to, you know, go off-world and try and find a Green Lantern to come help, and he sees the the, the Reach ships are on the planet. They are they're just burning everything and putting everything in a cocoon. That um, apparently the uh, the Blue Beetles themselves were just a diversion the whole time. So seeing this, Sean completely loses hope. The ring flies off his hand, and he goes plummeting to his death <laughs> far below. The, the ring, you know, it's like you know, come on, the ring couldn't figure out what to do. It couldn't just go to you know its sector, Sean's sector, to find a new a new candidate. No, it has to go back to the other Blue Lanterns to basically let them know that Sean is dead and that uh, they're gonna it's gonna look for a new recruit. So all the rest of them are starting to lose hope now also. St. Walker is like, you know, it's like, listen, it's like uh, we're going to let go of the force field and we're going to start attacking. You know, and don't worry, I'm going to have hope for all of us. And uh, they all find out why he's St. Walker and the rest of them are just uh, brothers and sisters. hmm
1: So, there's a Star Sapphire spy on Odom. Yes. Do we think it might possibly be Sister Cersei, the one and only female character who's ever spoken among the Green Lan- uh, among the Blue Lantern Corps?
0: Well, there, there is another <coughs> female in the background with uh, long violet hair.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Sister Cersei's been there a while, and she has a big violet faceplate. It's true. Oh. Chad, what do you think of this issue?
2: Uh, I liked it. It was nice to have a uh, look at Odom again. ever uh, Pretty much the first time since we saw it the very first time. <laughs>
3: um,
2: and uh, the first thing I saw when I saw that double-page spread where Warth is giving St. Walker a hug, I was like, oh, Dan's going to love this. Now there's a Blue Lantern
1: Giraffe man. I know. I like him. <laughs> him and what Worth are it? probably friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah I like still, it. Still in on that Worf plushie, though.
2: I do like the fact that, uh, that you know, uh, I mean, just in my own mind, again, just kind of, validating the downfall kind of thing where the, the fact that these Lanterns uh, mo- most of them are novices so recruiting fast and heavy without the Guardians uh, careful selection process it, it seems like there's a whole lot of Blue Lanterns there now and um, seeing that uh, you know that a Blue Lantern can lose their ring if they succumb to hopelessness so you know that kind of a thing
1: yeah, they did a lot on this issue to both <coughs> to both uh to reinforce <coughs> excuse me. They did a lot on this issue to both reinforce the blue lanterns as really powerful and really limited. Because you know, they have this uh <coughs> Oops, hang on. They have this this invading force bring uh what was it, five fleets of ships to deal with them knowing that they're the weakest of the lantern cores. Um, you know, they're they make a big point about saying, you know, the rings are without Green Lanterns around are basically just defensive in nature. But at the same time, Saint Walker shows how he can basically strip the armor from one of their their most deadly warriors that are coming at them. You know, it, <clears throat> like, a lot of... I don't know, I, I felt like it was a really good balance, where it's like, the the, the Blue Lantern Corps is completely outmatched up against the wall, but it didn't really feel like they were just on the receiving end of a beating, you know? <laughs> hmm. What do you think about uh, Saint Walker as kind of like the field sergeant of his corps?
0: It's he's kind of more than that.
1: Oh yeah, I know, but like I've I have never seen Saint Walker take like a super direct, hands on approach to a combat situation where like he's yeah, he's in command, he's telling people what to do, he's moving people into play. Like, like when he gets, what is it, Sean, to, uh, to leave the battle and go get help, mm-hmm. I think that's just as much to keep this kid from getting killed as it is to bring back help. Mm-hmm. And he does it in a way, like, he frames it in a way that would, that, you know should or probably was intended to make this kid feel like he was still doing something important to help them which he is but not but at the same time to try and keep him not focusing on the fact that he's running from the fight mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the whole what like you, trying to oh, go ahead go, go ahead no i was just say, gonna say and like the whole like like telling like giving the everybody like the various pep talks throughout mm-hmm. it and like teaching Sean and the other rookies how to, like, manipulate their fields to, like, hit harder and, like, you know, first protecting the battery and then, you know, rallying them all to, like, all right, stop being defensive, let's just go, you know?
0: Yeah, well, if you look at that last... the last mm-hmm. page, it looks like the battery is cracking.
1: I think that's just their shield.
0: Mm, I mean... That's a possibility, except for the fact that the cracks only extend across the face of the battery and not across the face of the shield. You see?
1: No, I don't.
0: Okay, look, look where the battery lines are, and uh-huh. the cracks do not extend past <laughs> that. The cracks are completely on the battery and only on the battery.
1: That's because everything that's not battery is covered with characters.
0: No, no. Yeah. Look okay. on the
1: le- the last panel of the issue. The
0: last panel of the issue. Look directly above Sister Cersei.
1: Where is she? Yeah.
0: Okay. If you go straight up, there's a line that's the curve of the curvature of the battery. Now above that, it's like you have some energy spikes, mm-hmm. and below that you have cracks. Those cracks are on the battery.
1: Okay, because, I mean, the, the coloring of the battery is the exact color of the shield they have up.
0: Even if you look down below, Sister Cersei, where the Blue Beetle is, you have another crack right next to him that is extending on the battery and then stops just before the, the final mm-hmm. energy section of the battery, where there would not be any cracks because it's energy.
1: Why would the battery be cracking? Nothing has, like... Except for maybe, like, one shot. Like, a couple shots before they erected the shield, nothing has hit the battery. Uh, hopelessness?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... I'm trying to see if there's cracks before they put up the shield. Mm -hmm. See if they show that at all.
2: What do we think of the art being one of uh, Tyler Kirkham's last appearance to the New Guardians?
1: Oh, is he leaving?
2: Mhm. Why? Wow. Issue 12. Issue 12 is his last issue. Uh, wow. Green Lantern New Guardians Zero will be art by
1: Aaron Cutter. Is that go like is? That's
2: going forward. I think. Huh. Uh, according to, uh, one of our fans, as well as one of the the biggest fans of Tyler Kirkham, Lance, he says, uh, Tyler will be leaving the book.
0: Do we know where he's going?
2: Teen Titans. Oh. Uh, I like, I like the art, though. I especially like the way that, uh... Tyler really captured the essence of Odom. I remember the first time we saw it and we thought it was so pretty and beautiful. It looked like he kept a lot of the plant life and a lot of the, you know, all that other stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has, like, the creatures running around everywhere and, like, the different birds and everything, so... <clears throat> like, I agree, he did keep the spirit of that going. I mean, <clears throat> he has he drew the happiest Warth I've ever seen. Like, on that same two-page spread where he's with St. Walker. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know you guys love his art. I'm, you know, okay with it. I mean, the fact that he's leaving the book isn't going to be anything that sad for me, because I mean, <clears throat> we once again in this issue got you know a couple random pages of fill artists and. Well, I, really, I didn't really like the, the fill-in art on those pages, at the same time, I kind of liked the fact that it was something different from his style. So, I mean, if they want to give us a new artist, that's fine by me.
0: That was uh, the uh, Star Sapphire page.
1: And the Kyle page. Right. <laughs> where Kyle rallies the troops and Monk, who is presumably fresh off of murdering Hal Jordan and Sinestro, is coming to help.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, as long as it's not that guy that's taking over, Art. What was the name of that person that's taken over for New Guardians on Art?
2: Oh, I already closed the window.
0: Oh. Is it
2: the, Look it up on DC.
0: Is it the person doing the cover for Zero?
2: Probably. Um, I'm gonna
0: look. Oh,
2: uh-huh. God. Tyler uh, Tyler is online right now over on Facebook. I'm asking him if, if it's confirmed or not. Whether he'll actually answer, I don't know. But I'm asking
1: him directly right now. Okay, the... <clears throat> okay, New Guardians number zero. Cover cover by Gilio March. Art by Aaron K-U-D-E-R so the cover art is not the interior
0: okay how do you spell that interior artist's name?
1: <clears throat> K-U-D-E-R oh wait a second Key of Z? <laughs> yeah the guy who drew Key of Z <laughs> that's awesome did you ever send him that book? No no. No, he didn't. Oh, um
2: uh, Tyler logged off, but uh Lance is telling me that uh Tyler confirmed it on his Facebook page, so.
1: Uh, Well, it was a good run.
2: I'm looking up the actual post on Tyler's Facebook to see. Yep, uh, some fan asked him, uh, why does it not say art by Tyler Kirkham on New Lantern, or Green Lantern, New Guardians, number zero. Uh, thank you for the kind words, I am moving to Teen Titans, dot, 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 dot. So I don't think Tyler wants to talk too much about it at the moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you could always read Teen Titans, Jim.
0: Uh... I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. I mean, I love love Tyler's art. I just, you know, don't really care about Teen Titans.
1: Yeah. You know, I feel like we have been really just down this entire episode. Have we? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm angry about other stuff not related to this.
2: <laughs> well, the, the we didn't really advance storylines in Blue Beetle or uh, New Guardians. It was kind of like an offshoot kind of a thing. No, Green Lantern was the only one that had a lot of things to reveal. And yeah. a lot of stuff for us to discuss.
0: Oh. Uh, um, we should probably do our buy-borrow pass thing.
1: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: Th- that might help. <laughs>
1: All right, Green Lantern nine. Will you guys do it? Um,
0: I would. I would go buy on that one.
1: <laughs> buy. Yeah, buy. Blue Beetle. Pass. Ooh.
0: Um,
1: not
2: because I hate it, just because it's not necessary.
0: I would say no. I would say borrow. I would definitely say borrow because it was uh it was an interesting enough read. I just don't necessarily know if it's, like, necessary yet. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to put it as a borrow, because, you know, despite my complaints about it, it was still fun. So, I mean, I don't really care about its placement and, like, anything bigger. It was just, like, it was a fun issue, but at the same time, it's kind of, a shell of what the Blue Beetle series used to be before the relaunch. And New Guardians? (laughs) Buy. High borrow, low buy. Yeah, I'm gonna say, like, between a borrow and a buy, so, like, a borrow with cheese, I guess. Because this, like... (laughs) I don't know, like, it it was good. It just... A biro, a biro. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> no, that's that's what the Jamie D called one of. They did a, uh, a biro pants on the uh, the new 52 Wave Two, like Earth Two and world Finest and all that. Yeah, and uh, he called GI Combat a biro because the first story was
1: great, the second story was shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, with New Guardians, it's one of those where, like, at the time I read it, and I liked it, but, like, talking about it, I'm like, did I really enjoy this? (laughs) Because, like, because usually the opposite happens, where I'll read something and be kind of like, eh, okay, and then we'll talk about it, and I'll be like, you know, I liked this a lot more than I thought, but, like, this is, I think I like it less now that we've talked about it than I did when we read it, (laughs) so... Uh, nah, I'm just going to go borrow with it. I think DC is uh, doing a
2: little too much on the crossovers right now. Even if it is only for an issue or two, it's still a little much. I mean, I like the I like the kind of notion that there's a shared universe there, and, you know, they're just kind of making it known. But I think they they did a little much there, at least this early in the game with the New 52. Yeah.
1: Well, eh, a little, I guess.
0: I mean, especially with the fact that, like, you know, you have to figure that there's gonna be a lot of Green Lantern fans buying all the Green Lantern books,
3: Mm.
0: you know, so to have two crossovers in the same month...
1: (laughs) Well, especially since we're, what, like, three months away or something from, from, I'm assuming from, like, the big crossover between all of the books... So mm. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I mean like like last month with uh new with yeah with last month with, with New Guardians it was basically like a standalone issue with uh you know Arkillow. So I mean like realistically like the Blue Beetle issue crossover could have happened then. Yeah. So, um but I mean, like, generally speaking, I think with with Green Lantern, my issue is that like we're finding out these secrets about the Indigo Tribe, and they're not as <laughs> amazing as I had hoped that they would be. Not yet. Yeah, definitely not yet. But I mean, and that that's that's partially my myself having too high expectations. Um. And partially because, like, they set it up as something, like, really amazing. Like, the way that they built it all up with the mystery and everything like that, it's like you would hope, (laughs) you know, you always hope that the, you know, the answers when they're finally revealed are as, like, earth-shattering as you could possibly imagine to live up to the hype.
1: Yeah, I think it's just been too long, you know? Mm. I mean, I've said in the past, like, I'm... Like, if they want to prove me wrong and show me that, like, we're getting payoff for plans that Jeff Johns has had forever, like we did when he did Semestro Core and, or, and Blackest Night, then but I will welcome that with open arms. But I'm just kind of going ahead with under the mindset of, yeah, we had, we had that time and <laughs> now we're not really, we're, we're long past the days where everything he's doing has been planned for years and has been quietly building to this or that like i'm enjoying this indigo tribe arc pretty much just because it's it's i'm taking it just as this this random story where hal and sinestro are going on this crazy adventure on an alien prison world you know like like the indigo tribe is there and they're doing their indigo thing and we get to see their lair and all of that and that's cool and but, like, at the end of the day, I'm appreciating it just for the adventure that's in front of my face right now. <clears throat> I mean, like, we're getting the answers, like, oh, what knock means, which I guess we knew already. But, and we're seeing, like, oh, yeah, and Abinster created them, and here's why he created them, and here's what their battery looks like. And I'm like, they're, they're just kind of rolling off me, you know? They're like, they're like, oh, okay, well, we've, we've seen that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What what other core is Hal gonna destroy after this?
0: Yeah, well that's that's the other thing. It's like with all these revelations and you know and stories that we're getting, you know, like at at the end of the Green Lantern issue, they have destroyed the indigo battery, and now we're reading New Guardians and depending on how you interpret it, they're pretty much destroying the Blue Lantern battery. So, I mean, like, while these are, you know, these are pretty good stories, you know, the, the subject material in them is is somewhat depressing if you like the multiple cores.
1: Yeah. But like you've said, they're not going to, you know, you don't have the New Guardians book if you don't have the multiple cores. So, you know, even if we lose out on Indigo going forward, we, you know, we're not going to lose all of them. I mean, look, we got Arkillo who's got a ring that works independent from any network. We've got Hal and John, who are both, like, like in their own ways, toying around with being able to power rings independently. <clears throat> How hard would it be to really have, like, a couple stragglers from each color?
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I'm sure that with St. Walker, we'll get some kind of explanation that he has enough hope that he can keep his own ring lit, you know, whatever. Um, you know, Fatality and Carol or whatever, um, whoever they end up going with. Like, there's so many Star Sapphire crystals out there that to, you know, to grab a few shards to keep your battery, you know, powered up probably wouldn't be too difficult.
1: And just as a note here, Green Lantern number 9 <clears throat> was the number 10 book on the top 10 list for comics sold that month. Which, which is quite a, a pretty noticeable drop from number 5 where the book has been staying. But
0: Well, it, you also have like what, two new issues of uh, X-Men vs. Avengers now?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but those have been in the top two spot for, like, basically ever since that series started, and Green Lantern was in number five or six consistently. Uh, actually, it goes Avengers vs. X-Men number four, then number three, then Batman, then Justice League, then Batman Annual, then AVX number two, Batman Inc. number one, Detective, Action, and then Green Lantern. So, really, it was just... The addition of like two extra Batman <laughs> titles well
0: what you call it the Avengers versus X-Men you just listed like three issues yeah they put out I mean if you take those out and the Batman the Batman uh, annual you know it goes up four spaces
3: yeah
4: yeah
0: so it's still pretty far up there
4: who are you recording with just Dan and Chad Hi
1: Chad. Hi Dan. Hi Lauren. Hi Lauren.
0: It's so funny when you say hi back because I have my earphones in and she has no idea what you're saying. They both said hi. Did
4: they say
0: hi or are you
2: lying again? Chad, you're a crazy
4: record.
0: (laughs) She could listen to this afterwards, Chad.
2: (laughs) She will never listen to this. You know she won't.
4: But probably not going to. Uh, Unless wait, I have you guys are you to all the crap that
2: I'm you know, kidding.
4: I've no wait, idea. I'm talking about to get to stuff that's relevant to myself.
1: Jim, yeah. are you telling me that you don't have episodes of the Lantern cast playing through headphones that are <laughs> on your pregnant w- wife's belly so the baby will cu- will be born knowing all of this?
0: No, I do not have headphones. Lawrence belly playing episodes of the lantern Dress.
4: oh my god
1: <laughs> you gotta get them while they're young the
4: umbilical cord and uh, hang himself
1: they don't get um... oh my god a baby with the umbilical cord would be like one of those awesome like ipod ads where it's the silhouette against the color <laughs> it's like get them while they're young <laughs>
4: uh... tell them the good news to anybody the good news?
0: You mean the the announcement that we decided that we were going to announce this weekend.
4: And by we, do you mean just yourself? <laughs> this is this a conversation you had in your fucking head by yourself? What you because you I have? wasn't I wasn't uh, privy to this conversation that we agreed on. Apparently. No, I don't know what you're talking about. That. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you
1: haven't. A- are you supposed to tell us you're having a daughter?
4: Well, what do you think I'm talking about? Well,
0: I think I can only think of one announcement that we could possibly make.
1: Jim's pregnant that's too, Chad.
4: That's right. Having Woo-hoo. to do with us.
1: Lauren's finally the baby. leaving you?
4: Maybe. Yeah. Once again, this is this a conversation you had in your own head and forgot to include me? I did not announce it. I, didn't, I announced nothing. Because I didn't have a conversation with you agreeing to anything this weekend or something.
0: No, but...
4: No, but... Okay, we did so come to a, con- a conclusion. What do you mean we? What is... Answer the question. Who is we? Okay. Who is you we? You and I. No, 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 no. No, not you and listen, I. Listen,
0: listen. Because I wasn't
4: part of the conversation. You and
0: I... Yeah. We went out, and we did something in particular this weekend that I don't want to hear would it. announce something.
4: You mean last weekend? The weekend that just passed. I said this weekend. This weekend oh, is the did. weekend that's coming up. Listen, you know, Jim. Now I'm
0: confused. I'm confused.
4: You know, Jim,
1: did, you, did you tell him?
4: No, I didn't.
0: What are you
1: If you're going if you're going to make an announcement this weekend, this coming weekend, then this will be posted you planning very much for- after this.
3: Should should, should we No,
4: no, no, it? no, wait. Before we announce anything, I want to know what the plan was in your head.
0: Apparently, <laughs> we're waiting for people to look at the registry and figure it out from that.
4: I never said that. You posted that on Facebook! Yeah, for my family! Your listeners aren't all friends with me on Facebook. There's a few select that are.
2: I am. I'm one of the select few.
4: Me too! What does that have to do with anything? I don't know either. I don't know what you're talking about. You sound like a lunatic. I'm gonna announce it now. It's like it's some kind of.
0: I'm gonna make an announcement.
4: No, don't do it, just make him wait. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, you can tell. Me. Uh, it's a boy! <laughs> <laughs> <son of> a <laughs> it was too good, I had to do it.
0: Of course you did. <laughs> yes, James Jordan Ford will be joining us in a matter of months. Yes. Aww.
4: Beginning of October. Hopefully he holds out till then because we have a wedding and I don't feel like giving birth at the wedding, so he's got to hold out till October.
2: She's going to drop
1: a shorty in the middle of the ceremony. <laughs> run into the middle of the aisle before you do it.
0: <laughs> Dan says, run into the middle of the aisle before you give birth. <laughs> what? At the wedding. <laughs> it's awful
1: <laughs> I'm not... Chad. Chad Lauren in the delivery room can be one of our New York Comic Con interviews
2: <laughs> she just shoved the mic in her face and listen to her stream
1: of obscenities and she's like get that fucking thing out
2: of my face right it'll now be,
1: it'll be exactly like the old days
0: She's she's going to give birth before that
1: you think
0: New York Comic Con. They want to interview you while you're giving
4: birth. No. Talk
1: about Green Lantern. She loves it. Name her kid after it.
4: Before anybody gets any ideas, there'll be no videos or anything like that. There's gonna be nothing on the Lantern cast. Oh wait, wait, wait. Watch uh, the first uh, Lantern cast host's
1: son being born. There'll be none of that. Oh
2: my God, Uh, Jim. Jim.
4: Sorry, first your your bubbles.
2: The first Lantern cast son that you know of.
1: Oh, Jim! You have you have to give Lauren the keys to the show's Twitter feed and let her update it. I don't know what during birth.
0: Dan says that I have to give you the keys to the Twitter feed so that you can update it during birth. I think she's gonna be kind of preoccupied. Yeah, I
4: think I might be a little busy that day.
1: That's alright. You can button mash. It'll be fine.
0: Oh, um. Yeah, so, as it is, we don't post any videos of ourselves.
4: Okay. <laughs> for
2: that you know of.
4: Listen, I come up with your sometimes. I do not know. I'm just putting it out there ready that it's not happening. But if you want to start baby pools for, like, bets on weights and stuff amongst yourselves, you're more than welcome to.
2: Twelve pounds seven
0: ounces. Yeah, maybe.
4: <laughs> Actually, I have a great idea.
0: Oh wait, you should probably
4: listen. I can't. Yeah, uh, what Chad, am I listening to Chad, Chad. I'm listening to nothing. Chad, Pick what was your guess, Chad?
2: Twelve pounds seven ounces. Fuck
4: you, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh God, I wish constipation on you. All right, for that. <laughs> That's what I wish on you. Don't fucking say that out loud. That's awful.
2: do not he, he does, does kidney stones? Like a succession of kidney stones?
1: <laughs> I don't know. You, you make your own salad, so constipation is more likely. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
4: I think you should get a lantern cast pool going for the weight. And I think whoever guesses the closest, you should ship them a box of, like, your fucking toys. (laughs) That's what I think should go on.
1: Oh, no, it should be a. Okay, it has to be, like, the same weight as the baby, too. No, it has to be
4: exact. Pounds and.
1: No, I know, I know, like, the the prize should weigh the exact same.
4: Fuck that. That'd be, like, two toys.
0: Maybe three. (laughs) Shut up,
1: I'm helping.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, what I think should happen. Uh, make it happen, Jimmy.
1: It,
2: but he won't ever ship the box until the kid is like two. <laughs> <laughs> oh
4: god, don't worry, I'll make it. I'll make sure it gets shipped out. Oh, man. I'll have the postage and everything ready <laughs> on it. We'll just have to fill out the address.
2: Well, I'm still waiting on some stuff from Jim. You want to crack the whip for that too?
4: I know what he's waiting for. Your birthday.
2: Oh, my birthday's past. April 6.
4: Release your birthday gift. Seriously? You told me you put that to him for his birthday and then you fucking lied? Like no, I'm I'm making it. Oh, for next year's birthday? No, it's just next like, year's birthday. I had to wait for this piece to come out. Oh really? Is that what you were waiting for? That fucking don't, don't piece of Don't say it. that fucking, fucking piece of shit is what you were waiting for. That's why you haven't sent him his fucking glass and everything like that that I had to smuggle out in my purse from Fucking wild pig, really? <laughs> That's why. It sounds like you're
1: talking about. It sounds like so you stole it. <laughs> it. It
4: felt like I'm holding a fucking glass in the bottom of my purse. It's a tumbler. Like,
1: hide it on I the never, pregnant woman. They cup. won't search her. It's
0: a fucking cup. Can you just take this so that my no. arm isn't like hold, held no. up at this awkward no. angle?
4: You need, need some down. exercise. Slippery, it's slippery. Put, a word, put, a put it back up to my ears. Know what to say. So why the fuck are you waiting to send out his shit for real?
0: Oh, because I'm <laughs> going to be making his, his birthday gift, and I'm just gonna send oh. it all at once.
4: Oh yeah.
0: Well, and listen. Well, that was in April.
2: Well, hold on. What was your excuse for Z, then?
0: Uh, I'm sending that with the birthday stuff.
2: You didn't know that when you got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just in a pile. I didn't send out. Like, well, listen, listen. I had the Key of Z to send to you, and I also had the uh, Composite Hulk to send to Mark Marble. And
2: did, did you send you that, that out to Mark Marble? No,
0: actually, I haven't been able to find a box uh, in it yet. Oh my god. Yeah, but I'll be sending that did, soon.
1: Didn't you get Key of Z at, like, last year's New York Comic Con? Yes. That? Wow. We're about to register for press passes for this year's New York Comic Con. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, just get an issue at this year.
4: <laughs> must be nice. Yeah, it must be nice. You're not going. <laughs> <laughs> or not going. Don't get your fucking hopes up. Don't even wish on a star. Dream about I'm it. I'm going. Um, Alright, nothing. If you find a, a magic lamp with a genie in it, don't even bother. Get don't out. even waste a wish because a, it's not fucking happening.
0: Celebrate. Baby's celebrate one the birth, first the birth birthday, birthday. And do she your,
4: your Comic Con. <laughs> no. Fucking
0: thanks. So, come on, fucker.
1: Lauren. Lauren, can she still hear us? Yeah, I can. Lauren.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. good. I thought Jim might have taken the headphones away because he's lazy. <laughs> you should you should totally celebrate your child's first birthday at the convention because that's that's what people are doing now. That's a new thing. I mean, look, John and Rachel are going to get married at a convention, so why shouldn't you have a birthday at the convention? Because
4: that's a wedding. First birthday, it's not the same kind of celebration. Exactly, oh. it's a different celebration. Exactly, meaning people aren't
1: doing it. Yeah, they won't you can't until one
4: person that's done it. Can you? Trending right they, now. They, right uh, now. They are, right now, right off the top of your head. I'm starting the trend. No. Tell me now.
1: They're waiting for a hey, visionary no, like yourself.
4: It, so, so I, no. That's going to be starting the trend.
1: Nope. You'll shame me, Emus.
2: It's a shame lightsabers aren't real yet. You could cut the umbilical cord, cord with a lightsaber at a convention.
4: I'm not letting Jimmy anywhere near my child's umbilical cord play <laughs> oh is, is any this a doc- other body part as
1: a with a lightsaber
4: if it was, like, actually working. I don't fucking think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's lucky <sighs> if I'll let him hold him within the first, like, ten minutes of birth.
1: I'm pretty sure we could find, at that convention, an actual medical doctor cosplaying as the Joker in the nurse's outfit from the Dark Knight.
4: Okay, and?
1: What, that's not a selling point for you? Come on. Alright, I'm going now. Okay, bye.
4: I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Okay,
0: bye.
2: See you you in October. (laughs) Yep. Uh, One one other thing to talk about.
0: Oh god, what?
2: (laughs) DC 52 Wave 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Alright. Dan, uh, you still have the article up? Yes,
1: yeah, so well, I have the list I copied, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> I have nothing. Alright, well, as... As Chad mentioned, DC is cancelling... was it? One, two, three, four books. And starting up, I guess, four more. Uh, the cancelled... Are Justice League International, which we already knew about, <coughs> uh, Voodoo, Resurrection Man, and Captain Atom. Uh, Justice League International is going to be ending the month before the Zero issues, and the rest of them, their final issues, will be the Zero issues. Uh, Jim, have you been? Have you stuck? Uh, kept going with Resurrection Man because you really like that when it started.
0: Uh, I have not because uh, just. I mean, like, I, I had a couple of issues to, like, read, and I wasn't getting to them, um, so I just kind of stopped picking up more issues. I think I'm up to, I had, like, up to issue four or five, so it's not like it would have been that difficult to, you know, find the remaining issues, it's just that, you know, I just lost track, especially, you know, with the move and everything.
1: Yeah, understandable. Mm-hmm. So um,
2: and- And the four issues that are taking their places are, go ahead.
1: Oh, you can do it if you want.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Spinning out of the Batman Court of Owls series, uh, Talon, which is going to be basically following one of the Talons from the uh, Court of Owls series, uh, I guess assuming he goes rogue. One uh, called Sword of Sorcery, which uh, reintroduces to the new DC-52 Amesis, which is the Princess of Gem World. Uh, And then Team 7, which showcases a hodgepodge of terribleness. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the best news of all, Phantom Stranger gets his own book again after, oh god, how many years has it been? since they canceled that series. No, no, no. Yeah, they did the they did the they did the Blackest Night issue, but like <laughs> since since the original series was canceled, it's been like what, at least 20 years?
0: Yeah, probably, probably more.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Phantom Stranger <laughs> makes its return
1: written by Dan Didio. Yes, and you know, when you think back on, oh, Dan dedio he wrote The Outsiders. That's kind of like, what the fuck's going to happen? But he but also Dan wrote OMAC. Yes, which was fantastic, so yeah. you're probably in for some good stuff.
2: He also wrote All-Star Western, The Blackest Night Issue. Um,
1: but, he, but he also wrote <laughs> OMAC. <Yeah. laughs>
3: <laughs> and OMAC. <laughs> yeah.
0: And also OMAC. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, yeah, with, with the Phantom Stranger book... I would be more inclined to think it's going to be along the same quality as Omac, you know, as opposed to the Outsiders and uh, mm-hmm. that you know Wild West yeah. one shot.
1: With like a completely different tone from Omac, though, because I don't think these two books are supposed to be anything remotely the same thematically or anything like that.
0: Um, like, but do you guys have a link to the uh, the press release or whatever? Oh, uh, mm-hmm. okay. I got it right here
2: uh the one that announces the titles that are coming out correct sure uh yeah because i don't i don't have dan's list of what's being canceled uh and while you're looking at that i'll just go ahead and read this little bit since i'm the phantom stranger buff Mm -hmm. um they asked they asked him about phantom stranger and just quoting him here i was a massive fan of the phantom stranger when i when i was in my early days of collecting i'm still a fan of the character It's an incredible challenge to write a book like that because his greatest strength is his greatest weakness. He has this air of mystery about him, and you're not really sure what his motivations are because of the mysteries that circulate the character. A wonderful supporting character in that sense. Very difficult to write as a lead character. So it was interesting to sit down and figure out what his motivations are. Why does the Phantom Stranger exist in our world? And then ultimately show how he's an integral part of the DC Universe. It was a fun challenge. It was great to be working with Jeff Johns on the free comic book day issue because it was the perfect place to set up that character. So uh, when we do the zero, zero book, it actually opens up with scenes that surround the free comic book day moment with him and then launches it out from there. So I think there's has potential as a DiDio book, you know, just because he's got a kind of sketchy past with successful books. Um... But the fact that he is aware that the greatest strength of the character uh, is that he's mysterious, and yet he's also going to be technically providing an origin for the Phantom Stranger, uh, <clears throat> it's got potential for him to not fuck it up. Yeah. But if he if, if he gives us way too much information, I'm gonna be pissed.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, his,
2: his name is the Phantom Stranger. <laughs> And if you read, if you read (laughs) G.I. Combat, they provided an origin in the second story for the unknown soldier. It'd be like doing the same thing. Phantom stranger doesn't need a quote unquote origin. Neither does unknown soldier. You know, you don't give a name to these people if they're, you know, unknown or strangers or something. But at the same time, there are ways you could change it up, see how it works out. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, it. if nothing else, I'm just looking forward to seeing a Phantom Stranger book on the
1: shelves again. <clears throat> yeah, well, that the the uh the I think the Free Comic Book Day book told us two things. First is that they're not going to be tiptoeing around his secret quite as much as they have in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and and secondly between that and this series i think you know anybody who's really curious about the upcoming trinity war should probably be reading this because he is going to i don't know what capacity he's going to play into it but he's definitely going to be in there somewhere so they're calling it trinity war as far as i know
2: yes didn't didn't they have a series called trinity yeah, that twice actually. Huh.
0: Different Trinity.
2: Yep. Yeah, I never. I read the first few issues of it, and then I kind of <laughs> trailed off.
1: Actually, this will be their third series called Trinity. The Trinity, Trinity.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but but I hope I hope it's good. Um, Phantom Stranger has always been one of my favorite characters. I mean that. Part of the reason I'm kind of leery of him providing an origin is because one of my favorite issues involving Phantom Stranger was the secret origin issue that gave him, like, four different origins. Yeah. Like, like DC just said, we're putting out this series called, you know, Secret Origins. Well, who else can we provide a story for? Oh, let's do Phantom Stranger. But he shouldn't have an origin. He's a Phantom Stranger. So let's just give four of them. (laughs) <laughs> and just and not confirm or deny any of them and they just had fun with it because they knew the character wasn't supposed to have an origin so i mean i don't know it it could be cool but it i mean the idea that phantom stranger is what judas is yeah. is the is the idea now yeah yeah i mean it's got potential but you know if if that's only if uh, nobody knows he's Judas, you know what I mean? If he's still technically a stranger to everyone but us, like the the fact that he's Judas is only knowledge that we have.
0: Mm. Um, what you call it? Out of uh, out of all the books canceled, um, I mean, I'm disappointed about Resurrection Man. Although since I wasn't buying it, <laughs> I guess I can't complain too loudly. Um, but the thing, the thing that kind of, I don't know, it's just, it makes me think is like the captain Adam series, because with that one, like to, to look at that, that comic and just kind of like flip through it on the stand, it was, it looked like crap. (laughs) I mean, like honestly, (laughs) like if you just flip through it, it looked horrible, but when you actually read it, Like, you know, it it was it was very good. Um, But that was another one that I kind of trailed off on that one, too, but for a different reason, because the storyline that they ended up going with was just like it started getting incredibly bizarre. You know, like he starts changing his form. He's meeting like himself from, you know, the future and stuff like that. And all this weird stuff is happening. And it's just like mystery on top of mystery on top of mystery. And then it's just like, it gets to the point where you're just like, okay, you know, when is the comic actually going to start? And the mysteries, you know, stop coming. And I, I think it's like, you know, trying to do like a full series based on, you know, uh, Dr. Manhattan, um, you know, and,
1: exactly what they were doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the person that they have writing it is JT Krull who, I mean, you know, from my yeah. experience, is not exactly one of their strongest writers.
1: Yeah. Well, the one good thing I will say, and this is something I really like, is the fact that every time DCs cancel the New 52 book, they haven't abandoned the characters. You know, they've just moved them somewhere else where it makes sense for them to go. You know, like, when Oma, when OMAC got canceled, he got moved into Justice League International. and When... <laughs> Justice League International got canceled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like Justice League International, like there's more than enough signs there to say that they're just like they were going to cancel that anyway to replace it with something else, like another team or something. Because like JLI, like there are books lower on the chart than JLI that are staying. Like they're gonna keep publishing them. Yeah. So it wasn't a sales decision. So like I'm a, I, I have to imagine sales did factor into it, but like when I look at like, okay, they're having <clears throat> excuse me. You know, they're having Martian Manhunter leave Stormwatch soon. They're they've like Captain Adam is freed up. The Justice League International characters are up in the air right now. Um <clears throat> um Mr. Terrific's in earth too right I think so um uh that green arrow issue of Justice League basically has Steve Trevor say you know what I got a team you might be good for it's like they're 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 like there's gonna be some new Justice League book that they've been like over the last couple of months just kind of getting ready for so I don't know I just like the fact and like I I, I honestly thought, that Grifter was going to be canceled because one of the characters in Team 7 is him. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though it's set in the past, there will still be a new 52 book where he appears. And, uh, <clears throat> actually, we should say Team 7, I agree, I'm not going to touch for any reason, but. <laughs> I'll check it out it, digitally just to give it a chance. But an, it looks terrible. It's an interesting concept, I'll give it that. It's, <laughs> it's set entirely in the past, like right after Superman made his debut, and it's basically like the government trying to figure out a response to superhumans. So it's like they're like black ops kind of team that's, that's basically supposed to be like a super, a meta human response squad basically, and it's set entirely in the history of the DC universe. Um, the cast of characters though, Amanda Waller, Dinah Lance, Steve Trevor, John Lynch, I don't know who that is, Alex Fairchild, Cole Cash, and Slade Wilson. So, you know, you got Deathstroke, Grifter, uh, Steve Trevor, and Black Canary, with working with a gun-toting Amanda Waller and two other guys.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, one of those guys is Talon. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pulling up NewsRama right now. Um, uh, no, but...
0: Talon is Calvin Rose.
2: Is he? Oh, yeah. oh okay. That makes okay, sense. I got, the, I got some names mixed up then. Never mind.
0: Um, what you call it? Like, the thing with Team 7 that I'm looking at is, uh, like, I mean, yeah, like they said, this is set in the early days of the DC Universe, which means that by the time this thing catches up, or if they do like, uh, you know, part of the book is telling about the past and part of it is, you know, what's going on in the future, you know that Green Arrow is on that team in the future. You know? Um, and I, I doubt that, you know, Deathstroke is still on the team in the future as well. Um,
1: well, I don't... <clears throat> what do you mean Green Arrow is on the team?
0: Well, remember in the Justice League comic, uh, they said, we have a team that we want to put you on. I think it's this.
1: Oh, I absolutely disagree. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Really? I don't think... Like, I think the impression I'm getting is Team 7 is supposed to be 100% in the past. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if that's the case, then this is not going to (laughs) last long.
1: I don't know about that, because I... Like, I... I tried out Action Comics when they started it up, and I really liked it. I jumped off of it when they started incorporating, like, present day stuff into it. Because I. And I know a lot of people who are, like, wish that it would just be the Superman in the past book.
0: Okay. This is why Team 7 is not going to last if they keep it in the past. Why? Well, first <coughs> off, if you put it in the future, then you know, you have the chance to actually update the lineup so that it is kind of like a a Justice League team without being a Justice League team. A Justice League team that can keep the Justice League in check kind of thing. Which I think you know, that that book might have a chance. That one might have, you know, a market. But the original, you know, this Team 7 set in the early days, you're basically looking at a book kind of like that comic chase you remember chase back in the day
1: i remember it i never read it but i know of it
0: the characters could like somehow access certain superpowers i believe um I know. but uh regardless um it was yeah it was basically like a uh i think it was a forerunner of like checkmate and stuff like that it was like keeping you know superheroes in check and that lasted, like, a grand total of, like, seven issues. It's like people don't want to read a comic about a bunch of random dudes that don't have powers trying to take down superheroes. here's
1: Here's the thing, though. Two things. It's First, this team is comprised more... Like, more than half of this team is comprised by characters people already know. Second... We're in a situation where the entire DC universe skipped ahead five... They, like, they showed us a little bit of the beginnings in, in Action Comics and Justice League, and then skipped ahead over five years. And people are going to people are curious what happened during those five years. Well, now DC has a book they can point to and say, oh, you should be reading Team 7, because they're going to do nothing but play in that five-year gap.
0: Yeah, but everything is going to you know be you know shown through the focus of this team that has to you know gauge the threat level and take them out if need be
3: yeah
0: i just i don't think it's going to be like a it's it's definitely not going to be feel good you know it's not going to be a feel good comic
1: well why would it be I mean, look. I'm make no mistake. I'm not saying this is going to succeed or last. Oh no. But definitely. Like, I think, I think, like, at least on one level, their reasoning behind the comic being what it is is pretty is solid enough that I think, I think, at least at first, there might be some interest to it. Although the fact that it looks like just another Blackhawks-esque GI Joe war book is probably going to hurt it.
0: I think if. This was like a four or six-issue mini-series, you know, where once you commit, like, you, if you're going to pre-order it, you're going to pre-order the first three issues, and then you buy, might as well just finish off the series, you know, completely. Um, then I think it would have had a chance. But if this is an ongoing, you know, then it's it's not going to make it last, you know, much further than the first arc unless they completely shift the focus and bring it current because like i said i think i think if you have it Mm -hmm. current or if you have you know like actual costumed heroes on this thing then it might have a chance because
3: have you just
0: the fact that it has amanda waller steve trevor um and i mean like people know black canary they don't necessarily know dinah lance um, you know, Alex Fairchild. Like, like these are characters that we know. And we yeah. don't want to read this book.
1: So- Listen, have, you, have you seen the cover for this first issue? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like you're talking about a completely different book than we are. Like, this is not a super team. This is not a team. This is a team of... This is G.I. Joe. Well, no. This is yeah, exactly... This is,
0: and this is... This is what... Their team has to be in the beginning.
1: Yeah, that's what their team is.
0: Yes. And what I'm saying is that, you know, like, this is five years ago when nobody, you know, liked or trusted any superheroes or anything. So you wanted a team that was going to distance itself from superheroes completely. Now, here you have five years later, they know that not all superheroes are bad. So... You know, in a with a comic that's this Team Seven set five years later, you might get a character like Green Arrow on there, who has a costume, but he is not a superhero, but he can take down superheroes. Where is it?
1: I just I was just reading. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, Suicide Squad number zero, which is coming out in September. What happened to Amanda Waller after the shocking destruction of Team 7 and how did it lead to the creation of the Suicide Squad? So Team 7's not in the present day.
0: Oh. Okay, yeah, this isn't going to last.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, the other two, I'm like I'm 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 pretty sure the Phantom Stranger's connection to the to next year's event is going to give that character more of a shot than he probably would have cuz like I w- like I have nothing against the fam stranger and I would like to see his book succeed but you know I think I just think it's a good thing that he has that added oomph you know I think the other two Talon and Sword of Sorcery are going to be the I guess if there can be a breakout hit of this batch I think it's going to be them <clears throat> Talon, just on the strength of the Court of Owls, and Sword of Sorcery. Uniqueness. I, yeah, uniqueness plus I can see everybody, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people who love Demon Knights, which is like, that's still, like, people who don't even read DC are reading Demon Knights. Like, and this seems like a really easy book to, to tack on, if you are if already reading the one DC, uh, magic, mytho- mythological Arthurian book, then this is, like, another one to to add to it. And the creative team looks good, too. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Definitely. The, one of, the only one I'm really worried about, is, and I said this on Facebook, is Talon. Because, like, first, I hate this character's design. I think it looks awful. Second, it's, <clears throat> it's the whole, let's take the villain everybody loves... And turn him into an anti-hero that is gonna basically travel around the DC universe writing wrongs and probably fighting other superheroes. And it's like it's it smacks of what they did with Oma with the Omax after Infinite Crisis and it reminds me to a degree of what happened with Venom when he got super popular and they went the lethal protector route for them. I mean, big potential means big potential to fail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, it's being written by, um, oh, what's this guy's name? James Tinian Six? The Sixth? Whatever. He's the guy that's writing the backups in Batman right now, and I just read the first of those, and it's really good, so. And it's being co plotted by Snyder, so it's, It'll probably be a good book, but I just have, I'm so, ooh, I don't know. Uh,
0: the other thing with Team 7 is that it's written by Justin Jordan. Okay. You know who that is?
1: I had a college roommate by that name, but it's probably not him. It would be funny if it was. It really
0: would be funny if it was. Uh, apparently, he also wrote the strange talent of Luther Strode. What's that? Something think... from Image.
1: Okay, <laughs> like 90s Image or? No, recently. Okay, well, um, Image does good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I saw some previews of that and that particular comic, and I had no interest. But uh, gotta
1: find an image of this guy.
0: be awesome if he was your roommate uh, where is okay. I have a picture of him
1: nope mm-hmm. not him oh it's funny because he loved like, like all like the black ops military stuff so it actually, wouldn't fit. Oh wow. Well. I can tell you right now that the artists for uh, um,
2: uh, Phantom Stranger, it looks like he's definitely going to fit on the project.
0: Cool. <clears throat> uh, and the artists on Sword and Sorcery, Sword of Sorcery, I mean that those artists are amazing. Jesus yeah, says and yeah. Aaron Lepresti.
1: Oh God, yeah, from like Brave and the Bold fame, say says. Yeah, that's the other thing. Sword and Sorcery is gonna be it's gonna be like the uh <clears throat> the um fantasy anthology book, the same way All Star Western is for Westerns.
0: That's the only thing that has me worried about that.
1: hmm Oh, you're afraid like it'll be a good A story and bad B story kind of thing?
0: You, well, like like I understand that the reason uh, I'm pretty sure the reason that they're doing it Like, that is because Aaron Lopresti probably can't draw an entire comic monthly. Um, which, I mean, like, I'm sure all the art that we will get from him will be gorgeous, but he just can't keep up the pace to do a full one each month. So, you have to figure out, you know, something else to go in it. Um, I think the Amethyst story is going to be, you know, really great. Like, I'll buy it because of the Amethyst story. Um. And now, I like Tony Bedard, and I love Jesus Says, you know, artwork, but, I mean, do I really care to read a story about Beowulf and Grendel? Not so much.
2: Maybe. Oh, shit. What? You know who Brent Anderson is, the artist for Phantom Stranger? No. <clears throat> He's the guy that did the art for the Green Lantern Plastic Man team-up.
1: <laughs> oh uh, uh, have fun, Chad. Uh. <laughs> hey, 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 remember when Hal was dressed like the Green Hornet? Picture <laughs> picture a cloak. <laughs> That'll be Phantom Stranger. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: so what do you think? Who's gonna buy what? Out of us. I'm buying Phantom
2: Stranger and Sword and Sorcery, and I'll read digitally <laughs> um the Team 7 one just to give it a chance. I'm staying away from Talon because I'm keeping up with the Court thing in trade. Jim?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely curious enough to pick up the Phantom Stranger, uh, especially the, you know, the praise that you guys gave Omak with Dan huh. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the Phantom Stranger is at least a character that I am interested in. So, I like, Omak... Like, the first issue that I read was good, but I just do not care about OMAC whatsoever. So there was no hope of me continuing <laughs> that. But Phantom Stranger, that's interesting to me. Um, and Sword of Sorcery, like I said, like, I'll buy that just for Amethyst. Um, so that'll be worth it to me, you know. And then just to look at the pictures that Jesus Says does for Beowulf and Grendel. um, I just, I really wish that they had a better idea for a backup story. Because um, just, it's just saying Beowulf and Grendel, even if it's nothing like anything that I've ever heard of Beowulf and Grendel, just attaching those names just kind of starts sucking the some of the excitement out of it for me. Um, Team 7 is a complete pass for me. That looks like a 100% dud. Looks awful. I think that's a big mistake um, and I'm sure that within a matter of months they'll be thinking the same thing uh, and Talon um,
3: <laughs> I actually
0: have a whole bunch of Batman issues that I have to go through and read uh, and catch up for this whole Court of Owls I think I have like every Batman issue out right now except I just haven't read them since like issue 3
1: oh god do it <laughs> Yeah.
0: so once I catch up then I'll consider it. But probably not.
1: Yeah, I... will be skipping all of them. Because this... I don't know, like, nothing really jumps out at me as like, wow, I want to read this.
0: Which is ironic, because of all their poses on the covers.
1: Yeah, they're all jumping out at me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Yeah, but like Team Seven, like we covered it. Like I like the concept of there being that book set in the past, exploring DC's, you know, unrevealed five-year history. Uh, That said, I I'm just not interested in the array of characters or reading like this like this this book that looks like it's their second like second shot at making Black Hawks work. Um, Talon. Again, I love the current Batman book. Like I like I love Bat I love Batman right now more than I love any of the Green Lantern books. It is fantastic and I am just I am worried about this spin-off. I feel like this might be where they take it one step too far, you know? Cuz I don't know. Like the the Court of Owls story is supposed to end with issue 12 or something and and I th- think that feels about right. Like after that, I kind of want to, I hope they step away from the Court of Owls for a while. So like, so it doesn't just become overdone. So like, I'm, if I hear great things about Talon, I'm sure I'll read it eventually, but, uh, uh, this, this, I don't, I don't want this book to kill the owls for me. Um, <laughs> Phantom Stranger, <clears throat> Phantom Stranger, like, I'm, It's one of those where, like, if I hear great things, probably will from Chad. (laughs) And, like, as we get closer to their event, I might be more interested in. But I'm just... Like, I'm not that big into the Phantom Stranger in general, you know? So, like... Like, I am glad they're doing a Phantom Stranger book, because it's a character that doesn't get a lot of focus. And there's lots of... Lots of Phantom Stranger fans out there, like our, our boy Chad, who... Are gonna get a lot out of this, so I'm glad they're doing it, but uh, I'm not really, not really feeling the urge to read it right now. And honestly, out of all these, the one I would be most likely to try is Sword of Sorcery. Cause again, I have nothing bad to say about the format they're doing or the stories they've chosen or the creators that are on it. But it's, it's the exact same thing with Demon Knights. Like I just don't feel like reading, reading this like a, like a medieval fantasy kind of story right now. Like At some point, I will wake up one day and just be like, you know what? I want to read a story like that. And I'll get like both those books in trade or something. And I'll probably love them both. But yeah, that's where it is right now. Chad. Mm-hmm.
0: Me and you, like, once a month we should read the Phantom Stranger book and do a review on it and create a whole new podcast for it and we'll call it Fandom Stranger.
2: It's not the first time you've said that. (laughs) He's right. (laughs) You guys guys have like the memory span of old men. I swear to God. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the
0: first time I've said that. You no.
2: make the same... You're already a dad, Jim. You're <laughs> already a dad. You're making cheesy... No, it's not. It's not. You're already a dad. You're making cheesy dad jokes again and again and again.
3: <laughs> Fan- uh, fandom stranger. no
2: I'll, I'll give Fandom I'll give Stranger a fair shake, for sure. I mean... I'll, I'll give him a fair shake because uh, he is one of my favorite, you know, top top three favorite characters of the DCU. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you know, I'm not gonna allow you to fuck up my favorite character, my favorite characters, and then keep buying it just because it's Phantom Stranger. I mean, I, if it's bad, it's I'll say it's bad. You know, but we'll see. I really hope it's not. But the fact that this artist is on it kind of makes me leery. But Phantom Stranger is kind of a Phantom Strange is kind of a, a dark book in, to begin with, or should be a dark book. And if I remember that uh, part of the suffering in the artwork of the Green Lantern Plastic Man book was the fact that Green Lantern was you know green and lots of lots of color in that book with uh, Green Lantern's green and uh, Plastic Man's Plastic Man's red and all that stuff. Uh, it just seemed like a darker book to me, uh, or the art seemed like it would suit a darker book, so hopefully it looks better in Phantom Stranger. But, you know, the, it's cool that they've been planning this out. Obviously, with Talon fitting into Court of Elves and uh, Sword and Sorcery, you know, they've been soliciting the first two volumes of some trade versions of uh, Princess of Gym World for you know, the last month or two. So it's obvious that they were planning on bringing Amethyst back to the DCU. Otherwise, why do those trades now of all times? But, you know, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Okay.
0: We finally done? Mm -hmm. Yes. Good. If you want to email us, you can do so at lanterncast.gmail.com Uh, We have a voicemail number, 708-lantern. You don't actually have to put the dash in. You can go (laughs) on iTunes and uh, subscribe to us, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review. Uh, If you go to lanterncast.com, there's links to our forum, Facebook page, Twitter, all that good jazz. Um, I guess that's about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and go listen to Not Young Just Us, because I'm on it for a month.
0: <laughs> I, I did. I listened.
1: No, you listened to the first one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I listened to one of them.
2: I didn't listen to any. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I've listened My support to, network. I've listened to 100% more episodes than Chad.
2: I'm just not caught up on Young Justice yet.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, neither am I, and I still listened.
2: I don't like... I don't like spoiling TV shows
1: for myself.
0: Well, neither do I, and I still listened.
1: What was the last one you saw, Chad? Uh...
2: uh, Episode four of the second season. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, you're not that much fun. And I don't think I saw past episode 12 of the first season.
1: Oh, what the hell. So, because
2: that's, that's what I have downloaded into iTunes right now.
1: Disappointed, both of you. Mostly Jim, though.
0: Wow. I didn't have any method of watching the episodes for a while, so...
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> Sorry.
1: Yeah, you should be.
0: Okay. Good
1: night, everybody. Good night. Good night.